You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. So we are recording. Hello, Marina. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. You? I'm doing fantastic. And I'm really excited about this uh, particular topic today. I've done other topics like this uh, about uh, talking about star seeds and when I talked about the Arcturians. But after seeing all the videos that you had online and just watching your interview with Alan, and I thought, okay, this is really, really fascinating. There's some things that you talk about that I had no idea about. And we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to be talking about all things extraterrestrial. So for those who are listening and really super excited, we're going to talk about celestial origins. We may talk about hybrids. We may talk about the Anunnaki. And you're wondering, who are they? But we're going to get into that. Um, but Marina, I'm really happy that you uh, took the time because she's she's basically, uh, we're on the Zoom call from, you're from Spain. So Madrid, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's a big time difference. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. So, so ETs, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I know a lot of people are really, you know, there's been a lot of popularity around extraterrestrial and they wanted to know more and even interdimensional stuff. So why do you think people are so fascinated about extraterrestrial contact? Well, um, I think the reason why, it's, why that's happening right now, it's because humans are starting to tap into the fact that within their own genetic makeup, they hold different um, sort of composition that is not origin, that it's not from earth just, but also from the stars. So I think that subconsciously and unconsciously, we're just starting to want and wish to reconnect with that aspect of ourselves. That his has been dormant or forgotten for a long time so far now. And that it's time for us, as we have chosen so, to awaken again and establish that connection. Yeah, I've, I've had a few of my friends have kind of waken up to that uh, consciousness. Myself, I've never had that experience yet, but I mean, I talk about an experience I did have, and maybe you can help me out through this, but I know a lot of my friends, uh, she started connecting with the Palladians. And when she told me that, I was like, okay, really? And she <laughs> goes, yeah, like she was having all these downloads, all these crazy visions, all this stuff happening. And she was telling me, and I was like, wow, this is, this is interesting. But a, part of my brain was going, really, really? And, but I realize now, but more and more people like yourself, are having these experiences. So when was the first experience that you had? Do you, when was the first recollection that you had this connection with the uh, extraterrestrials? Um, it was, well, really was when I was uh, very little, but those experiences were, um, those memories were wiped out for me for the purpose of not, um, let's say, interfering with my life and distracting me so that I could go and um, go strive for with my life and my um, focus on my everyday things and natural development of my consciousness until I was about 15 or 16. That is when I decided to um, start my spiritual awakening and reconnect to all this information that uh, it was left behind, you know. And so that it was waiting for me to be downloaded, you know, to my consciousness again for 
the mission and the purpose that I have as a star seed. So that's when I started to become super interested uh, in UFO, UFO topics, you know, like ufology and ET contact and spirituality. And that's when all these experiences started to happen consciously, you know, and I will remember um, past experiences too. Yeah. So with, with, when you're remembering this, is it during your dreams or your dream states or during meditation that these were happening? Um, it, it usually mostly happened to me well, when I would go to sleep as astral experiences. Uh, they look like dreams with the difference that it's a lucid dream because you're conscious, you're aware, and you can um, choose what to communicate to other beings because it's a real experience. It's not this the dream state, let's say. It's not a reality. It's higher astral reality in which you are operating from a higher, let's say, level of consciousness. Yeah. So how do we get to that higher level of consciousness? I know a lot of people, I know a lot of us, most of us do astral travel when we sleep. I think a lot of people don't realize that even when you're dreaming, like you do leave your body and you don't, you're not bound by the physical realities that we know of. And you travel to different planets, different dimensions, things like that. And how do we start evolving this type of consciousness that we become more aware that we may be astral traveling and maybe connecting to these higher dimensional beings? Uh, well, we need to understand that consciousness is a fractal structure. And it, it's, in its fractal nature, um, we're always expressing ourselves in all these different uh, levels of consciousness, no matter what. You know, the only difference is that there is a disintegration of perception of those other higher levels of consciousness, you know, so that we can focus on our physical life and uh, through the perspective, let's say, or um, reality uh, structure that we have created as an experience here in the physical reality for the matter of the explosion of our, um, let's say, spiritual challenges and spiritual topics, ideas, you know. Um, so understanding that when we start to wake up in the lower in the lower levels of consciousness here and understand that this is a dream by itself that is we are also dreaming when we are awake in a sense it's that um sort of like metaphor um and we start to reconnect our physical awareness with the higher levels of consciousness on um let's say conscious a mechanism all these laces, all these uh, harmonics that we establish with these other higher frequency patterns of our consciousness start to give us more access to all these different dimensional, interdimensional, higher aspects of our consciousness and ourselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's just so fascinating there. Um, so what if you had to describe, what's the difference between a, like an extraterrestrial and an uh, extra dimensional? Is that the word, extra dimensional? Yes. Well, yeah, the difference is, yeah, um, the difference is that an extra dimensional being, it's actually a really general, um, let's say, label, because I could be a human, or I could be from Earth, let's say, but at the same time, I could be interdimensional, you know, I could exist in a different uh, dimension, and that will be my place of origin and experience, focus, um, focus of experience, you know. Whilst an extraterrestrial is any consciousness or entity that is expressing itself in another planetary conscious matrix, like, you know, any other planet or star system, you know, with different genetic makeup. 
Okay. Yeah. Cause I've always find it fascinating. And I was I always find it a little bit confusing too. Cause you know, I started hearing about, you know, everybody's heard the expression ETs, right? We all kind of get that. But then I was hearing extra dimensional. It's like, okay. That's like, what is that? Like, I mean, that sounds so cool, but then it's like, aren't they the same thing? But you know, in some ways it isn't and it isn't. And I find it so fascinating um, about this. And it's just a, such a, so much to know. Like, I mean, I, the, one of the things I find confusing is just so much information out there about all the different systems, all the different uh, energies out there, the different um, star seeds, you know, where we're from, the celestial origins and things like that. So maybe you can help us kind of walk us through this because I have a lot of my uh, listeners are newbies to this. And I want to kind of give them a little introduction without kind of them going, really? Yeah, I want to make sure that they fully understand it. So one of the things I want to talk about is star seeds. Now, I've had a, uh, an episode about star seeds, but I wanted to hear what your perception of what a star seed is. Sure. Uh, well, the general explanation to what a star seed is, it's basically a consciousness that has originated in another star system that has chosen to incarnate, to take an incarnation on Earth. Now, I find this perspective a little bit let's say primitive or old paradigm, because it's just not really accurate with the actual dynamics or of like metaphysics, you know, uh, or it's just too um, superficial, you know, let's say, um, because it's focusing on the fact that souls have an origin. And I do not believe that because any soul, any entity, any consciousness has always existed and will always exist because we're infinite beings. That's the law of existence, you know, energy doesn't get create you know it doesn't create energy or destruct energy but rather it transforms itself to something different you know so following that law of nature this also applies to consciousness consciousness is infinite so we really didn't originate it here on there you know um what can happen is that we have had more lives linearly speaking because time is an illusion linearly speaking what could have been what could have happened is that we had much more lives, you know, in other star systems. And then we decided that our next life will be on Earth, you know. Um, but really what a star city is, because you could have had thousands of lives here or hundreds, you know, of incarnations here on Earth and still be considered a star city. Because from my point of view, what a star city is, is uh, as humanity is hybrids with extraterrestrial DNA and hominid DNA, it was created based on a hybridization agenda between cosmic beings, beings that came from other star systems, and the natives, indigenous uh, hominids from this planet, you know. Okay. Um, humans in general possesses that sort of um, genetic, genetic make extraterrestrial ancestry, you know, okay. genetic heritage. So starship really, starships really what they are, it's those souls who, because of genetic compatibility, they incarnate on those lineages that have a higher per percentage of that extraterrestrial component in the genetic makeup of humans. And so not only because of that physical heritage that they express higher consciousness, but they own, I mean, their own genetic um, soul metaphysical material, that it is so, uh, it is much more extraterrestrial in, in let's say, connections. So that when it incarnates, that mix between the physical DNA and the metaphysical DNA makes it so that the, the vessel, these, um, let's say, 
the structure, the personality structure, the vessel can express more of that higher consciousness. It's much more conductive of those higher frequencies. So do you, th- is there a thing, uh, is there a percentage of people here on earth that are starseeds and maybe there isn't a percentage like, is there like a, you know, 80% of people here on earth are starseeds or is it maybe even smaller, like a 5% or more starseed based? Um, I think that there is, um, there's like few people who really get to activate that starseed uh, component because it goes much more than what I have just explained about your genetic makeup and origin. Um, to me, it's all about also the connections that you make with other lifetimes of yours, you know, because time and space doesn't exist in a linear fashion. For example, you could be connecting um, simultaneously to other lifetimes of other universes or other galaxies or star systems that are extraterrestrial in, in origin. And you could have you could be downloading that information into your current experience. And so that's how you express more of this extraterrestrial consciousness for yourself because you're downloading, like if you were like working in a computer and downloading as a program, you know? So some people could potentially have that heritage and that uh, yet like that potential to eventually manifest it and express it through them. But only a few get to really decide to do it and express it, you know, um, through this, through itself by activating it, by reconnecting with it unconsciously or consciously. Nobody's saying that it must be done in a conscious manner because there are many beings who are expressing or deciding to do it and they are not even being conscious that they're doing it, but they do you know so it depends on the soul's interest at that moment you know maybe the soul want to wants to create more conscious connections with their paisalize of on earth you know and so it just just depends you know but really there is a small percentage of that star seed yeah yeah you know that's interesting i'm glad you mentioned about the soul too as well and it always seems like the, the will of the soul really kind of dictates what what kind of goes on but, yes. you know, I've also heard other things, too, is that other entities and stuff like that may be influencing our soul to whether activate or not activate this type of knowledge or this type of thing. Is that something that you've uh, come in contact with? Um, if you mean like oppression, like a spiritual oppression, of course, there are many groups that have been deciding to, um, yeah, to overcome us, you know, and to have power over us and installed many different programming that have to do with separation and, and the focus on illusion, you know, and many other different things that are disconnecting us from source, from, from that energy of love, you know, but that they have no utter real power over us. They have no, you know, consciousness is a, especially the higher self. The higher self has the last word in anything that you see manifested in your reality, because it is the creator of your own reality. There's nothing else but your own energy. So you have 100% full responsibility for it uh, anytime. But of course we, we get to decide and agree upon this ideas of like manifesting contracts, spiritual contracts in which we will have beings representing the idea of oppression in our narratives in our you know current lifetimes and so that will try to trigger us but that has a good point that it's that they reflect as the things that we do not wish to experience anymore and that we are not in tune with harmonically 
so that we can empower ourselves, learn, learn our spiritual lessons and decide to let them go. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so true. And I really, I really appreciate you you saying that too. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about uh, you know, like we sometimes they think we're not in control of our lives. And uh, you know, we you have to take 100 percent responsibility yourself. And sure, we have influences that affect us on our daily lives. We all have that, you know, we all have, you know, we all have we have a mortgage, we have a rent, so we got to pay bills and things like that. We all work for either somebody or something, you know. And we got to take responsibility. And it's not always the, the external influences, but how you react to it too as well. So like doing my research, I was, I was noticing you have a lot of experience with a lot of different entities. And I want to kind of break down, you know, some of those entities that you work with. So I've seen one of the uh, posts that you talk about the Arcturians. So maybe can you just kind of briefly, I'm going to go through a few of them and maybe just kind of briefly like just explain to people, who are these Arcturian people? Other Arcturian people are beings that come from the constellation of Buddhists, the star Arcturus. And they are highly advanced spiritual beings because they possess um, a five-dimensional nature or even up to nine-dimensional nature. It depends on uh, what kind of Arcturian beings, group or civilization because they have many. Uh, but in general, they are highly advanced spiritual beings. They are, they are not humanoid in general, but some of them can be, can present themselves as that because there are many different races of themselves. Um, and they usually are really wise. They are assisting Earth on spiritual ascension because we have our true um, DNA in our heritage, in our cosmic heritage. And so they're really loving. They're reminding us about unity consciousness and our higher consciousness uh, expressions of love, of unity, of Christ consciousness. And I assume they're most of the, the most love, the loveliest that I've ever come in contact with, mostly because they're not so agenda-based, you know. They're pretty natural beings and they never impose their beliefs on you or never push you one way or another. They present themselves to be really impartial in any sort of, you know, spiritual or political nature on earth. They, um, they see us as mature, not really mature beings, but be, beings who could potentially become mature if we really choose to develop that um, maturity and that empowerment, you know, that process of growing up as a species, as a collective. And so that's how, um, how we do it. It's through resp taking responsibility. So that's why they present themselves to be so impartial about it because they know how important it is for a species or collective to be able to develop that um, self-responsibility of knowing what to choose that is best for ourselves yeah, so, yeah. i mean yeah that sounds so amazing yeah and I've, i had another friend on my uh, on my show uh, jody and he talked about the arcturians in, in a very similar way about that whole loving thing and it's just it's just like peace and love guys that's the message yes. like it's yeah, just yeah, peace yeah, and like love that. like yeah you know it's <laughs> really simple this is what we're, we're connecting with it's just peace and love and yes. um when was your first contact with it when, when did they present themselves to you do you remember that? Yes, in 2016. Okay. It was okay. actually on an astral dream. And what I experienced is that I was taken on a ship by them. And I saw myself in another planet. I was in a different planet. And so I was observing the surroundings. And it was um, the nature, the environment, let's say the ecosystem was really 
it was similar to Earth, but it has less um, variety of things, let's say. I observed less variety of um, natural species, like plants, for example, vegetation. Um, but it didn't look that alien to me. And so when I was looking around me farther, I saw beings coming to me. And these beings were really tall. They had blue skin. They have really big eyes. And they were all surrounding me, like excited that I visited them because it seemed that I had a genetic connection with them, that they were part of my family, like spiritual family. So they were surrounding me and they were teaching me a little bit about their civilization, like this is how we operate, you know, this is how we connect with our source energy, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is some sort of like example of how our society works. And this is our technology. And I was observing everything, you know, and I was like, oh, I forgot that I was in a different planet. You know, sometimes I will go like non-lucid, but then I will remember that I'm having an experience. <laughs> and so when the time it will come, you know, that it was, um, they showed me everything that I wished to show me. Um, they bring, brought me back to the ship and they take, took me back to earth, to my vessel. And that's when I woke up. Wow. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Now, one of the things, you know, you mentioned about the genetic connection in the DNA. Do you think that partially in our DNA, when it gets activated, it's almost like a, a tuning fork or a signal to allow us to travel to that specific area that may be influenced by our DNA? Like it's almost like a, it's almost like a GPS chip that's implanted in our DNA that somehow can, once we start, you know, lucid dreaming and it kind of gets activated by those energies, it's almost like all of a sudden it's like, here, here you go. You get the, you get a little hall pass and there you go. You're going off to Arcturus and to hang out with uh, these guys here. Do you, do you find that's what's been happening or even it, it is similar to what's going on with the genetic patterns? Well, the idea of a, um, an aspect of your genetics awakening, like a specific exoterrestrial connection, it's just a general, it means generally that you're connecting to this, um, that um, streamline of consciousness, that source of, of, um, consciousness of energy so you know that means many different things that means anything that could potentially represent that um that let's say relationship with you and that other aspect of yourself you know so it it can mean that you are able to travel to that um to those places to that star origin or it can also just mean that you hold that in place within your heart you know in your heart space or of course, in a general perspective, it just means that you can channel more, that you're more conductive of this specific uh, energy. And so that you express it more in, in many aspects of your life, many aspects of your consciousness, even the physical vessel, you know? So, so yeah, it, it potentially could mean that if you wish to perceive it that way. Okay, yeah, I just find it fascinating. So we talked about Arturians. Okay, next one is I want to talk about is the Palladians because I've heard a lot about them. I know my friend Nicole talks about them a lot. Um, so I know you've also had experience with them. So talk, uh, you know, talk us through that experience and you know what they're all sure. about. Well, uh, when I was awakening, one of my first experiences with the Palladians will be um, what it looks to be also galactic family, but it seems to be galactic family, um, but. I remember that it had, they, they were more like um, also related to the, the hybrid programs, you know. Um, I was dealing by the time with um, negative extraterrestrial presence on my room. 
So I was battling these beings uh, a little bit in the astral, you know, I was um, having this inner conflict with myself and I was trying to heal, trying to become, become integrated eventually and protect myself from these attacks. And so I remember that sometimes they will show up to me and they will congratulate me will I, when I will make like, an, you know, well, I will put something into balance when I will make peace with myself and these beings. And there will be just like cheerleaders, you know, in my dreams showing themselves like in shape saying, yeah, you're making it, uh, you know, congratulations, you're becoming closer to, you know, that higher aspect of consciousness of yourself, you know, that that's, that's some of my first experiences with them, you know. But my most extreme, I mean, extreme, well, intense experience that I ever had with a clean and consciousness will be with a counterpart of mine. Um, oh, sorry, what was that? A, a, a counterpart? counterpart. Okay, perfect. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yes. So um, by that time, I had a friend that was a channeler and a medium, and she could, she was an artist too, and so one of her abilities will be that she will be able to depict beings, you know, and to, let's say, um, translate that depiction on artistic representations like portraits, you know. And so I was explaining to her how I was experiencing that I will receive sexual visits from a consciousness, you know, that I will be experiences experiencing like sexual uh, exchange of energies or connections or even romantic, you know, like, um, let's say, feelings within me. And so I, I started to exchange this information with her and she told me that she had a similar experience actually with another being. So she knew what I was talking about and she knew that it was a partner, that it was a counterpart. So we ended up having like uh, green on her channeling this being and drawing him eventually. And what it came out of that was a portrait of a being called Miko from Pleiades. And he had this black hair, really long black hair and blue eyes and tan skin and, you know, really masculine, beautiful features, you know. And so when I saw that portrait at that moment, I said, I know who this being is. I remember him. And I got memories of when I was smaller that I will be up in the ships with him. And, and he was like taking care of me and other beings were also taking care of me because he's also working in the hybrid programs like I am, you know? So but when I look at that portrait, I knew that it was him. Wow. And so, yes. And so after I established like a conscious reconnection with this entity, uh, I had a pretty intense sexual encounter with him again, that it's the most intense extraterrestrial experience I ever had in my life, I will say. And it said, um, I was I was in my bed and, you know, I was feeling like a lot of kundalini energy, like a stream of love, you know, um, going up to my, high, uh, to my heart chakra. And of course, I, I experienced also sexual energies and exchanges with him. And I was actually pulled out of my body. And I saw him in front of me and we, let's say, energetically merged and we connected our hearts. We unified our consciousness, our hearts, like we were melting together. And so after that experience, I realized that we were, he was also um, 
part of these hybrid programs. And so that experience could have had just means more than a sexual, you know, let's say, um, encounter, but also perhaps probably the creation of a hybrid child. Okay. Yeah. That's, you know, it sounds so fascinating. It almost sounds like a little bit of a love story, you know, it sounds like, you yes, know, it, it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's really interesting because I've heard, I've, I've done a lot of research on, on lucid dreaming when people talk about uh, having these, uh, you know, sexual encounters and things like that, because when you're lucid dreaming, you're, you know, you're, you're basically in that state between two worlds and you're connecting yes. to the astral plane or you're connecting with different, uh, different people and different beings, things like that, but also have part of your, your conscious mind. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the arousal, the Kundalini moving up into the heart, and that's where, you, you know, as a, as a really in a, in a tense relationship, that's where we want the energy to be, you know, sure. It feels nice down below. It feels great down the yeah. lower second, but we want to really kind of get it into the heart and then move it into exactly. that. And that's when you have that beautiful, deep lasting connection it's almost like you know it's like that merge because then you get back into this real world and, and say that's what connections are really about it's all about the heart sure it, it feels great it feels awesome <laughs> but you want to move that kundalini into the heart and then into the higher centers in the brain that consciousness and that's where really that love for humanity yeah. and yourself and your other partner really can reside. So I think that's kind of a really cool situation. So you, you mentioned this hybrid thing, you know, this is something that's uh, I saw in your post and, you know, a lot of people were talking about that. So I have to ask you, what is this hybrid program? Cause I really don't know anything about this. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's a big question because we, we are participating, we're participating in many different hybrid programs, not just one. Um, there, but the main one that we are receiving most information about, it's called the Gray Hybrid Programs. So it's called um, the Gray Hybrid Program? Yes. Okay, let me write that um, one down. Yes. And so these beings are basically us from the future, specifically from a negative timeline in which they evolve into a state of a spiritual, um, let's say, degradation you know, because they focus more into the development of the mind and they totally disconnected with that uh, lower, um, let's say, that this, they disconnected from that physical, biological, emotional aspect of themselves, you know, their emotional bodies and their bodies, their nature. So they, they basically started using like uh, genetic manipulation, like eugenics, and many different kind of other uh, sorts of, um, um, yeah, like techniques to become, let's say, better, like advanced in the mind, like more psychic or more powerful, or you know, dying. Let's let's say dying less, like less, er, um, like less early. Let's say, okay. so you know, they it came to a point in which they degraded themselves spiritually so much that they didn't they couldn't connect to that higher aspects higher dimensional aspects of their consciousness the fifth dimension the sixth dimension etc because the fifth dimension is a it's a dimension in which you have to reach out from the heart space you know with the heart space and it's about unconditional love it's about source energy divinity of the heart you know consciousness so they could eventually and potentially evolve towards the fourth density but they couldn't make it up to higher densities and dimensions for the, from this issue. So they 
you know, besides from that, they also destructed their own ecosystem because they lost that connection with their nature. They also lost that connection symbolically with nature. So they developed more technology and, you know, they uh, were, they actually were pretty obsessed with sciences and technologies, but they didn't take, take care of the ecosystem. So on their environment, so they actually destroyed their own version of earth to the point in which they couldn't actually not only evolve farther, but even live in their own planet. So what they do, what they did is that they traveled to in space and time to another version of Earth, previous version of Earth, in which they found um, human DNA to still be viable. And that's our space and time, you know, right now. Um, so they made certain agreements on a higher level with our consciousness, with our higher selves to eventually participate and co-create into an agenda of hybridization in which we will give them, give away our own DNA so that they will save their species and not die out potentially. And also that they will give their own genetic material but not like the, the one that has been degraded, but um, let's say a bitter one, like okay. a not great one, you know, yeah. because they also receive DNA from all the different consciousness and many other different beings like, um, like Pleiadians and Mantid beings that have much more knowledge on genetics, you know, so that we will be able to correct our direction in, in, in terms of timelines to not commit the make the same mistakes that they did eventually that put them into the track of these negative timelines, you know, yeah. the destruction of their own planet. And they observed that we were making those same things, like, you know, disconnecting from nature, harming our environment, focusing more on the mind. So that high season agenda will not just serve them, but us too in our evolution. So it was like a perfect, let's say, co-creation between both of us to for a better future. For okay. Yeah, because you know, I was, I was just mentioning that because it just seems like the parallels were happening now. Like we we are evolving, but at the same time too, there's a lot of de devolving. I, should, I guess I, I don't know if that's even a word, but uh, you know, we're going backwards. We're not really moving forwards as far as consciousness goes. You know, technology is moving faster, but how we think about life in general and our consciousness is it's still it's still in its infancies. We haven't even got that far yet, and that always concerns me because we see all these different things happening on our planet. And we think, you know, this shouldn't be happening. Like you can kind of see, you know, like all the things, like if you talk about timelines, like yes. it, it can get pretty scary. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine about timelines and shifting timelines. And there's a lot of timelines that have been jumping right now. A lot of things have been speeded up, escalated, you know, to kind of get, because uh, everybody's kind of wondering, yes, stuff's happening. We need to figure this out before, you know, you know, we're going to have some more catastrophes happening and we got to basically do that. Is that really, uh, is that really what you're about Oh, should I say what you're about? What you're really, your message is, is really to really understand, to help people understand this, this timeline, what we need to do. Is that really part of your mission? In a sense, yes. I believe that um, we have to stop making those mistakes, like um, developing much more the mind 
and totally disconnecting from the heart, you know, from the emotional aspect of humans, because that's our superpower as human beings. Emotions make us, you know. Okay, just hold on. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think that was really golden. Can you just talk about that again, about the superpower? Yes, I think that emotions, human emotions, it's a superpower, you know, because many people think that it makes us weaker, you know, because it's like a vulnerability. But to my perspective, whenever I find myself lost and I have, I'm dealing with a spiritual challenge or I'm dealing with an inner conflict with, my, with myself, and I, instead of focusing on it on, from the mental plane, from the mental body and perspective, if I go to my emotional body and connect to it and say, well, and ask myself, how do I feel about this? And I start to feel the emotional charge being like, let's say, um, express outside, like liberated, that gives me the motion to move, move forward, you know, and faster. It's yeah. as simply as feeling. It's that feminine consciousness. Not so much need to make an action or solve things from a mental masculine perspective, but rather become more feminine in consciousness to the point that it's as easier as just feeling tuning into how you feel about things and expressing it so that you have the actual motion to move forward. And that's where why emotions are called emotions eventually, because it's energy in motion. So it's that symbolic representation. Yeah, I think I think that I so agree with you on that. You know, you know, as much as you know our emotions can get the better of us and some of them feel ucky and stuff like that. But when you start progressing into those higher emotion levels and you know I'm you know, I'm slowly getting into those higher levels and, you know, the feelings of love, joy, happiness, and just the simple things when you move into that, like that's, you know, your things change, like your whole environment changes. The metaphysical action of love changes. Like it just changes your environment, changes the people around you. That's like you said, it's a superpower. And I solely agree with you on that. So you talked about the grays a little bit with the hybrid theory and stuff like that. Now, other things that you talked about were the reptilians. Now from Again, this could be, again, old, outdated information that, you know, I hear that these reptilian people were supposed to be like, they're like the evil ones. You're not supposed to mess with these guys. Is that really true from your experience? Or is it just, you know, uh, you know, just some crazy David Icke story that I heard a long time ago? Well, um, reptilian is a general, let's say, label as well, because it's just like saying hominid, you know, it's just like saying hominid or humanoid. You know, there are many kinds of humans. There are many kinds of not only races, but species of humans. So really anyone has their own story, their own history, their own civilization, societies, and place in evolution, the scale of spiritual evolution, let's say. So we really really can find um, a different kind of spectrum of, of reptilians from really bad ones to really good ones, you know? Um, it, but what it's true, the real reason behind why humans have been so insistent with the negative reptilian narrative, it's because in our own history, they, there are many reptilian groups and, and genetic families on um, our own civilization that have represented really often and really, like really strongly the idea of, um, let's say control and suppression, you know, and there are many, many of their royal families as in humanity 
are the ones that we see taking these political, you know, places of power, you know, like the political fears, you know, mm-hmm. that we see today of today. And so it's true that they're, they're kind of like, um, they're families, you know, they're royal families and they are connected to dark societies often to satanic, let's say, cults and to groups of people who are part of that um, team of oppression and okay. spiritual oppression, you know, towards humanity. So that, uh, that's the general narrative for us for a long time so far. That's why people have only focused so far or mostly focused so far in the negative ones. But even some negative ones can change. I okay. have experiences in which they did. Um, so it's really, it really depends, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm glad you clarified that because, you know, again, some of the research I, you know, I've, I've did, and again, it was a long time ago, and it was very similar to what, what you're saying it was actually David Icke. I don't know if you're familiar with David Icke's uh, work. Yes. And um, he talked about that. And this is like years ago, like long time ago. This is probably about 10 years ago when I read one of his books and he talked about the families and things like that. And, and, you know, it's interesting back then I thought, man, this guy's crazy. Like all these guys are crazy. But then as I evolved myself and spiritually and then having more mystical experiences, I, I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't say, you know, this is not crazy. I mean, I'm having all these experiences. I, I mean, I talk to guides and dead people. That's my job. Like, really? And I'm like dissing aliens? Like, come on. And uh, as I realized that, I was like, it's just my own ignorance. And that's what it was in my own uh, inexperiences too, like that. But I want to talk to you about, I had this experience and I I didn't know, and I was actually glad that you're on because I wanted to, you know, for someone who deals with this and deals on an ongoing basis. So I'm an avid meditator and I do, I've had some crazy meditations and I remember one meditation wasn't not too long ago maybe about five months ago. And I had this vision of this entity that came to me and I was like, okay, what is this? It looks familiar and I couldn't figure it out. And I've seen several pictures of it. And I remember seeing it when I woke up, I, I, was, I could see it vividly from the uh, meditation. And so I kind of looked for the symbol and I remember um, it was uh, a picture of the Anunnaki. And yeah, the Anunnaki, thank you for correcting me on that. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, why am I seeing this? Like, why am I being exposed to this? Because I never had any contact. It, was, it wasn't like I was researching them or anything like that. There wasn't any pre-download. You know, I wasn't watching any movies that maybe about it, but I just remember seeing that symbol and it was very, very profound and deep. And it, it kind of disturbed me. And I just remember it was that eagle's head with the, the feathers and the, the, uh, the pine cone and then the one with the long beards that you see in the ancient Sumerian texts. And yes. I remember researching, you know, Zachariah Stitchin because he talked about that. Yes. And I was like, okay, okay, why would I see that? So maybe can you help me out through that? Maybe you can talk me through why I would see something like that. Well, the point of synchronicity, everything and everyone, every consciousness work in synchronicity, whether the being is uh, or not, because it's a natural law of existence. Synchronicity works. Um, um, it's uh, it's another let's say geometrical pardon aspect of consciousness. You know, it's like it's embedded within the structure of consciousness. So whether being or not is aware, it doesn't matter because we're always working in, with through synchronicity. So um, the main point of why somebody will be uh, experiencing this, like something, a symbol or a being or whatever, it's popping out in your consciousness in your physical reality 
it's because in a higher aspect of your own consciousness, it's trying to communicate to a lower aspect of, of yourself, which is the physical mind. And so the medium that it uses, it's a physical reality to, let's say, create um, a um, reflection, like a mirror expression of that symbol, of that of a specific, let's say, representation um, that can, let's say, contain that symbol of that information that it wants you to connect to and to realize within yourself and integrate into your perception so that you do not, um, you can do it effortlessly, you know, you have it in front of yourself, so it reflects back to you, you know, it's a sign, you know. So, um, if you're seeing that, it's because a higher aspect of your consciousness, it's desiring you to remember this, it's communicating you that, um, that symbol within you, within your own genetic makeup, or, you know, uh, uh, frequency powers, is starting, to, it's, it's starting to get activated, you know. So, so the Anunnaki are basically the beings, the species that created um, humanity through the process of hybridization between the hominids, natives from here, the indigenous, and their own species. Yeah, you know that's you know that's what something I wanted to talk to you about too as well if we have time to because I find it so fascinating. You had really a, a beautiful blog on your on your website about that and. Uh, I always find it so fascinating and I always get a little confusion because it's from my understanding. And I know Zachariah Stitchin talked about this, about how they created the species as a slave species from my understanding. And that's who we are. We created, they created this kind of this meat suit that we wear now and to, to basically mine their gold and stuff like this and or whatever specific minerals that they have. Again, I'm not an expert on this. So you have to forgive me if I uh, go off tangent a bit. But my understanding is that now, as far as the evolution of understanding of when they arrived on the earth, and then I always get them kind of confused with the times with the Egyptians and the Atlanteans and where they intermix with the Atlanteans, because sometimes I hear that that the Anunnaki, is that how you pronounce it? Anunnaki. Anunnaki, okay, Anunnaki. I'll get it straight one of these days. So the Anunnaki, so the Anunnaki were at the same time, they were actually at the same time with Atlantis. And again, I, this is what I remember. It's not maybe it's not factual that I do have the facts, but this is from all the research that I've done years ago, but I'm just trying to recall it. Is that is that the same type of timelines or they did have a separate timeline altogether that they came here uh, on the earth and started uh, manipulating the DNA? Um, to my understanding, the when the Anunnaki came here, there, there were only some, uh, let's say, one kind of hominidic species will, will be the, the, let's say, the ancient uh, primates, you know, the, what it's called is Sasquatch, you know, they call them Sasquatch. And so they were pretty advanced in comparison with how we have painted cavemen, you know, they actually had a culture, they actually had a spiritual culture and awareness. And some of them even evolved naturally, you know, they were pretty much, um, they were pretty much indigenous to this planet and were making their own, you know, place in evolution here on Earth. And they had their own um, path and their own, you know, cycles of evolution and, and path of self-discovery. And some of them did still uh, maintain themselves as from this, you know, monumental hybridization agenda on Earth. 
but the most of them become part of what it's now the human race. So when these beings came, the Anunnaki, they wanted to, first of all, they wanted to create a slave race um, that will make them not only so that they will have a hand, you know, they will have like work, um, like people working for them, you know, um, but also so that they could karmically extract the minerals, use a medium to obtain the minerals and the gold and the materials without having to karmically engage with the planetary consciousness matrix. Because if they will in, if they will extract it themselves, you know, directly from the planetary vessel, their own genetic makeup will have were established like a karmic connection with that planet, you know, because everything in the universe works with exchange of energies. So, so there that mean, be, but so that mean they would be trapped like us, like just going to that cycle, life and death, back into the earth until they figure that out, that that type of um, connection. Not not to the degree of having to incarnate here, but definitely some sort of karmic um, karmic tie to this planet in whatever way that it could potentially manifest. And that's not something I'm aware of, but but that's why eventually they created us also to have a medium uh, in between to extract that material without having to have this uh, development of karmic tie with the planet vessel. So we eventually will date that lost, let's say past later version of humanity um, work as slaves, you know, to them. And so there was a revelation alongside with that narrative because they were tired of working, they were conscious beings, you know, so they observed that they didn't want to be slaves, that it's not what they decided. And so these beings, this master geneticists, which are the Anunnaki, they knew how to create um, handwork without making it so that they will have the knowledge, the potential knowledge to become independent. So they, when they make their own hybridization with us, um, they observe that if they will hand us their own genetics or the hominids, they will hand the hominids their own genetics. They will not only give away their own, like let's say um, abilities, but also their knowledge, you know, their, let's say mental potential, you know. So what they did is that um, they proposedly they activated certain aspects of that genetic makeup of that species so that they will become unaware or of their spiritual origin, of their spiritual potential, their you know, understanding of the mechanics of how the universe works so that they could not empower themselves to create their own reality and stay as slaves. So why does that sound like familiar? Like right now, it's like history repeats itself. Yes, that's what's going on right now because it's the, it's really what has been being perpetuated so far. Yeah, you know, for thousands of years. It's, yes. yeah, that's crazy. Yes. And it's almost sad in some ways too. But you know, the, the nice thing about it is that we have people like yourself and and this great podcast that it's bringing this information to you. So we have choices to start awakening because so many people are awakening to this and just in consciousness in general. That's what I, you know, I, I found through doing this podcast. It's just so uh, fantastic. Um, are there any books or anything that you can maybe suggest uh, to, for people to read if they're getting, they want to get a little bit more information about this. They want to kind of feed that, that need. Um, is there any books that you would recommend? 
or any for authors? Um, well, I have never read a book, to be honest, like on these topics. I've never. Come on, uh, really? I've, really. <laughs> it's just all downloaded. Um, not all of it. Some of it, I heard it from other channelers or other, you know, like people, like speakers. Some of it, I read it on blogs, you know, but most of it, um, I mean, almost most of it, I got it as a download, you know. Okay. So, so okay. So, if there's no books, is, is there something that people can maybe, if they really want to explore this, what can they, where can they start? Where can they start exploring this besides listening to this awesome podcast? But are there, are there anything else <laughs> yeah. that we can, is there anything else that we can do to, to maybe start exploring our uh, star seed or celestial origins a bit more? Yes, I really recommend them to ask the questions themselves and to guide themselves following their own criteria of interest, you know, or, or excitement in the moment, in the present moment, because that's actually the process that I went through that eventually manifested me downloading it because joy and passion is the frequency in, that contains almost everything within yourself. You know, it's like this source, like, or, you know, uh, of energy of who you truly are, you know, it's that nature, that essence of consciousness. So, you know, that will put you in that, that will align you with a state of being that will put you into synchronicity to work consciously with synchronicity. And so that's how you will manifest in your physical, let's say, exploration of consciousness, all these things coming to you, you know, being manifested to you, like, for example, oh, I'm so interested about this, you know, extraterrestrial species or this specific topic. And so your own joy and excitement to know more about it, your own interest is, is what makes you, for example, uh, have that impulse to go to the Google Chrome or like, you know, uh, any other platform and say, I'm going to research about it. And you, you write it and then you have an article and for some reason, one article, one blog, one page becomes more, shows itself to be more interesting to you. And that's not a kind, I mean, that's not just a consciousness, that's synchronicity. That's your own, let's say, higher self guiding you, you know, to that path of self-discovery. Yeah, yeah that's, that sounds like really good advice. And uh, just to let you know, we're almost out of time. Oh, yeah, it, it went by so fast. Yes, wow. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, but that being said, so if people were to, you know, um, wanted to find your services, because you do a lot of services, you do channeling, you do, uh, yes. you know, psychic mediumship and a whole other things too, as well. And um, I mean, you're doing lots of interviews. And I'm just very, <laughs> I'm just very grateful that you, uh, you, you uh, that you found time for me. Um, so where can they find you, Marina? Uh, they can find me on my page called www.marinasarin.com. And in there, I offer my spiritual services as well as a blog in which I share my information and uh, some gallery in which I also post, I've also posted um, some of my, let's say, short clips on UFOs and abduction marks, you know. Yeah. So I have yeah. a bunch of material there together. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll have all that information for everybody down in the description. So you yes. just have to kind of go down below. Then when you just scroll down on the, uh, on your iTunes or your Spotify there, and I'll have all uh, Marina's uh, information. And uh, yeah, I really find this topic fascinating. And I really appreciate you having the courage to kind of speak out about this. Cause I didn't, I know it probably couldn't have been easy at the beginning to kind of say, Hey, guess what guys, I'm talking to aliens. <laughs> 
yes. <laughs> yeah. And I fully, I fully, I fully appreciate that. And I know my listeners did too, as well. So that being said, Marina, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much too, for having invited me. <laughs> yeah. I, I really appreciate that. So I'm just going to sign off on the podcast here. So this has been the metaphysical mentor podcast with Michael Philpot. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.